You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Hood at Nation, and welcome to the Locked On Saints podcast, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints. We are brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, where you get to hear the local experts on the biggest stories your team every day. Remember, if you have a smart speaker, you could just tell that smart speaker to play podcast Locked On Saints to make listening to the podcast even easier when you're at home. I am your host, Ross Jackson, lead analyst at All Saints Considered. And as always, I like to start every episode with a big thank you and welcome to our newest listeners, as well as to all of those of you who have been rocking with me for a minute. So whether it's your first time or your next time, know that I always love hearing from everybody that tunes in, reads, and follows. So you can hit me up on Twitter at Ross Jackson ASC. And of course, that ASC stands for AllSaintsConsidered.com, your source for up-to-the-minute Saints news, articles, and podcasts for Saints fans by Saints fans. And on that note, I just want to start off by saying thank you to everybody who has been reaching out to me recently, uh, whether it be with the well wishes, whether it be congratulations on the engagement or just saying, hey, homie, we're loving the podcast, everything like that. I appreciate y'all and I have so much love for y'all. So thank you so much for taking the time to do that. I love hearing from everybody. So thank you to everybody who's been shouting out. Uh, So for today's episode, as the Philadelphia Eagles hype train draws nearer and nearer to New Orleans, there are plenty of rising concerns surrounding the matchup with this weekend's divisional matchup. I'll talk about all of that on both sides of the ball, on the offensive side and on the defensive side for our first two segments. And then we'll wrap up everything in today's show by taking a look at the big coaching news from around the league, including some big moves down here in the NFC South. So I want to start off with the offense here. Uh, Look, there's a lot to talk about when it comes to this Eagles and Saints game. Of course, the Saints absolutely slaughtered the Eagles in the Dome earlier this season, 48-7. to Same referee, by the way, for that game is going to be refing this game. So we'll see if it ends up being a makeup game or if it ends up being in the same vein. Uh, but in either case, I expect the Saints to win this game. I'm very confident and I expect the Saints to win this game. Maybe that's going to bite me in the ass later, but that's how I feel. I'm very confident that the Saints are going to win this game. However, I'm also very confident that it's going to be a much more hard-fought battle than it was in week 11. A lot of that has to do with Nick Foles. A lot of that has to do with the play of the offense, the Philadelphia offense under Nick Foles, and how that team just completely changes and becomes a different team than the one that we've seen with Carson Wentz. You know, there's no reason to forget that the Nick Foles-led uh, Philadelphia Eagles are the same team that went to LA and won, went to Houston and won, and then went to Chicago and won in the playoffs. So I'm not discounting that team at all when I say that I think that the Saints are going to win. Obviously, Nick Foles has done well. He did an incredible job last year leading them to the Super Bowl and becoming the Super Bowl MVP. But this year, I just feel like the magic has run out or is going to run out. So uh, let's talk about a couple of things here. So first of all, the offensive line for both sides is going to be pivotal, especially for the Saints. Uh, when the Saints and the Eagles met last time in week 11, Teron Armstead wasn't playing. Uh, he was still injured. He was dealing with the pectoral muscle. So we got to see him return uh, back in week 16, and then he you know, got hurt again, and so they left him out for week 17. So he's had week 17 and then now the wild card round to both sort of uh, continue to heal up and everything. Uh, the Saints also didn't play Larry Warford in Week 17 to give him some rest. He was dealing, he, you know, every offensive lineman at this point in the season, no matter what team they're on, is dealing with an injury of some sort. Really, most football players are. Uh, but we're expecting that Teron Armstead, Larry Warford will be back for this uh, for this divisional matchup, and then. 
hopefully uh, seeing Max Unger, Andrus Pete, and uh, Ryan Ramchek. Andrus Pete and Ryan Ramchek both suffered an injury in Week 16 themselves. Ryan Ramchek was down for uh, not maybe no, it wasn't. Sorry, Ryan Ramchek was Week 16, but uh, you know he went down for a second and then but then ended up coming back into the game. And then Andrus Pete had a left hand injury injury that we still haven't heard anything about. So we should be getting injury report news starting today, uh, going through the rest of the week. So we'll see how everything goes. I wouldn't be surprised to see pretty much the entire offensive line limited for the first uh, full practice of this week. They've been taking some time and just working on basics and fundamentals over the last week, and then now they're starting to implement implement game plan and everything like that. And of course, the game plan is going to be very different this time around than it was week 11. Now, along with that offensive line, the run game is going to be important on both sides as well. Uh, The Philadelphia Eagles don't have a huge run game. Uh, Really, they don't have much of a run game at all. The Eagles are averaging only 94.8 yards rushing per game. That's 29th in the NFL. And then they dropped to 31st over the last three games, which includes time that Darren Sproles has been back in the lineup where they're rushing for only 76 yards per game. Meanwhile, the Saints, uh, in terms of regular season, have been sitting at 100 and let's see, they've been sitting at, at six with 126.6 yards per game, dropping to ninth over the last three games with 132 yards per game. There are a lot of teams that have been rushing for like 160. 680 yards per game over the last three games, but the Saints still sit in the top 10 at 132 over those last three. So this is going to be a big part of the game plan for both teams is controlling the clock. This is a proven method to beat each team. Uh, The Eagles, I talked about in the last episode that they lose a lot when they lose time of possession. It's the same thing for the Saints. The Saints often uh, at least have, you know, they don't lose every time, but you know, a big part of the Dallas loss was that Dallas controlled the time, uh, time of possession this most recent Carolina lost. They did the exact same thing. So this is a proven formula of finding success against both teams. Now, here's the big kicker on each team's offense, and it's going to be the quarterbacks. Now, the quarterback is always very important. The quarterback is always the most important person on the field. We've seen that with rule changes and everything like that. But in this particular matchup with Drew Brees and Nick Foles, who, yes, went to the same high school. Good God. We we know. We, we, we get it. We, we, we know. Um, they are both really in command of both of their teams in a way that a lot of NFL quarterbacks wish that they would, looking at people like, um, I don't know, Blake Bortles and James Winston and things like that, teams that have trouble uh, you know, that struggle leading their teams. This is not an issue for either one of these. Um, you know, look, Nick Foles is a backup quarterback technically, but he's an NFL MVP, Super Bowl MVP, uh, as is Drew Brees, also a Super Bowl MVP. So this is a big time quarterback matchup for the two of these guys. Uh, and, you know, look, Nick Foles has been on fire as of late. Drew Brees has been struggling as of late. Drew Brees improved a lot during the, um, during the Pittsburgh Steelers game, where he didn't throw an interception, uh, you know, that interception that was thrown in that game was all Taysom Hill, who just kind of underthrew Ted Ginn Jr., or maybe threw a little bit late to Ted Ginn Jr. But the quarterbacks are going to be the big part of this game. And this is one of the reasons why I'm so confident in picking New Orleans in this game is that, you know, if you're going to give me Drew Brees versus Nick Foles, I'm going to go with Drew Brees every time. I don't care if he struggled recently or anything like that. There's also a difference between regular season Drew Brees and playoff Drew Brees. Playoff Drew Brees is a thing. Since 2006, Drew Brees has played in 12 playoff games. Over those 12 playoff games, he's averaged 324 yards per game, 
two and a quarter touchdowns per game, 0.66 interceptions per game, a passer rating of 100.7, and a completion percentage of 65.3. Now, Nick Foles isn't that far off in the five playoff games that he's played, but he was slacking, or not really slacking, but he fell behind a little bit in the Chicago game, which was against an outstanding defense, of course. So Nick Foles averages only 286 yards per game, but two touchdowns per game, 0.6 interceptions per game. So those are pretty close. The touchdowns and interceptions are pretty close between Nick Foles and Drew Brees in the playoffs a 105.2 pass rating, and a 69.8 completion percentage. So that's over the course of the full five games that Nick Foles has played in the NFL playoffs. Uh, and completion percentage and passer rating, he's got above Drew Brees and his 12 games. However, in 2018, he started off with 266 yards, two touchdowns, so that's right around his usual, two interceptions, 77.7 passer rating with a 62.5 completion percentage. Now, again, that was against an outstanding Bears defense, but the Saints defense has played very, very well uh, at the toward the end of the season, particularly on the road versus at home. But if they're able to come back to form and do exactly as they've been doing toward the end of the season, then they're going to give Nick Foles a really tough time as compared to what the Philadelphia secondary is going to provide to Drew Brees. So that's what we're going to talk. Uh, we're going to be talking about right when we come back. So that's right around the corner. But first. Let me tell you a little bit about my New Year's resolution. A big part of my New Year's resolution with the wedding around the corner and all that other stuff is to step up my bankroll. And one of the ways that I'm going to be able to do that is with the help of my bookie. Thanks to my bookie, I'm not going to be one of those guys that just has no rooting interest or, you know, like with, with my relatives and friends that are sitting around and watching the games. Not this year when the 53rd Super Bowl is right around the corner. This is a wonderful time of the year and I want you to be a part of it. So make sure that you're ready for daily action by signing up for my bookie today they pay out fast when you win ownership really cares about good customer service experience and they offer the craziest props now we say this all the time but it's true where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on and if you want to make money during this season if you want to step up your bankroll as a part of your new year's resolution as well you got to go to my bookie i trust them but you don't have to take my word for it you can check them out yourself join now and my bookie will offer you a 50 percent deposit bonus to make sure that you have a nice bankroll through the rest of your year. Use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, when you make your deposit in order to activate the offer. That's promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, at MyBookie. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, welcome back, family, to Locked on Saints, your team every day. So we just finished talking about the offense. Coming up next, we're going to be talking about this defense uh, for the Saints and Eagles and what that matchup looks like. Again, this hype train for the Philadelphia Eagles is just pumping up and pumping up and pumping up. And I'm confident in the New Orleans Saints this weekend. Again, not Week 11 confident, but I'm confident in the New Orleans Saints. And it's really all going to kind of come down to the way that the quarterbacks play, as I just talked about, and who they're playing against. And that's going to be big time for each of these teams passing defenses so we'll start there so when it comes to the passing defense my good friend Gino over at the Philadelphia Eagles podcast locked on Eagles tweeted out a nice little nice little graph that talked about you know the Saints defense and how poor they've been throughout the season so you know I had to use that in today's episode it's good research so I appreciate it I appreciate him sharing it but we're going to compare these two we're going to compare these two teams side by side and what it is that they that they both do and where they both sit so you can look at some of these 
these numbers. You know, Saints are sitting at 29th in yards allowed per game, yards allowed per attempt. Uh, they're sitting at 30th in first downs allowed. But let's look at this in context side by side with the Eagles and their numbers as well. So yards allowed per game. The Saints are sitting at 29th for 269. The Eagles are sitting at 29th with 269. They both allow around the same. Uh, there's probably, you know, a decimal point difference, but I just did whole numbers for this one. So 269 yards per game. They're both sitting at 29th. Now, when it comes to yards per attempt, the Saints are sitting at 29th while the Eagles are sitting at 14th. But the difference in terms of yards per attempt is laughable. 8.1 for the Saints, 7.4 for the Eagles. So that is about, that's a little more than half a yard difference <laughs> across the two. That's a 0.7 yard difference uh, allowed per play, uh, which is big. I mean, that's almost a full yard. I don't, it's not really that big, but you know, it's almost a full yard. So you can understand why the separation is there. But you know, there's a big gap between, there's about a 15 spot gap between the two, but barely really any distance between the two at all. Uh, completion percentage here, the Saints are sitting at 26th with uh, 67% of the passes that they face being allowed as a catch. Uh, and as for the Eagles, they're sitting at 24th with 66.6. So again, that is a 0.4 difference between the two. Touchdowns allowed, the Saints are sitting at 22nd with 22 passing touchdowns allowed on the season. Eagles sitting at 22nd with 22 passing touchdowns allowed on the season. First downs allowed. Now this one has a little bit more of a gap. I'm not going to lie here. First downs allowed. The Saints are sitting at 30th with 224. The Eagles are sitting at 27th with 214. So that's 10 first downs, uh, a lot, additional first downs allowed during the game. And that can be the difference in some games. But, you know, obviously when it comes to, you know, you can look at each team's record and you can, you know, you could see, okay, you know, they're only a couple, you're only, they're not that far apart. So, uh, so that could be the difference in what that is. Uh, and then when it comes to opponents passer rating, this is the one where the Eagles really have an advantage here. So the Saints defense is 27th, allowing a 100.3 NFL passer rating while the Eagles are sitting at 15th, allowing a 93.4 passer rating but of course when the Saints and Eagles played in week 11 and I know I said that the, the game was going to be different but this element of the game is going to remain the same in my mind because this is still Drew Brees versus an even weaker version of that week 11 secondary the quarterback rating uh, that Drew Brees attained was a 153.2 quarterback rating on 363 yards and four touchdowns with an average of 12.1 yards per play in terms of passing. And then the Saints, of course, during that game with the high octane offense that they are, averaged about 7.9 yards per play, whether it be pass or rush, which is a little bit closer to the Saints season average of 8.1 yards per play allowed. So this is an element of this game that I think is going to be huge. Uh, is this going to be the quarterback play and a quarterback matchups on both sides versus the secondaries? Because the truth of the matter is that both secondaries are weak. I just feel in my heart <laughs> that the Eagles secondary is much weaker because at least the Saints secondary has been pretty consistent in terms of personnel uh, across the season. You've seen Marshawn Lattimore. You've seen Eli Apple. You've seen Marcus Williams. You've seen Von Bell. Every now and then, we've seen Kurt Coleman once or twice. So they're a consistent unit that's been playing together. And even though they've been struggling, they've been playing together. And so the communication is there. We saw a ton of blown coverages by the Eagles against Chicago, and some of that has to do with the fact that the only person that's been consistent throughout 1,002 defensive snaps for the Eagles has been Malcolm Jenkins, who has played 
every single defensive staff so far this season. Uh, so I think that that's going to be a big part of it. That's an Eagle secondary in that same game with all the blown coverages. They gave up 291 passing yards to the Bears and Mitchell Trubisky, who only had one passing option, uh, and that was Allen Robinson for the most part, with him not having uh, Trey Burton with second receivers and third receivers, deeper receivers not being able to get separation, and then with no passing uh, no real passing game out of the backfield. It really all kind of came down to Mitchell Trubisky in one player, and he still got 291 passing yards. So it's going to come down to which of these two quarterbacks that I've talked about in the last segment is going to be able to take advantage of the poor secondaries opposite them uh, that I just talked about. But I think that I have a lot more. Uh, I have a lot more confidence in Drew Brees being able to take advantage of the Philadelphia secondary to a greater extent than Nick Foles will be able to take advantage of the Saints secondary. He will be able to take advantage of the Saints secondary more than likely because the Saints secondary is poor. However, Drew Brees is going to do it to an extent that Nick Foles isn't going to be able to keep up with. That's my opinion. Uh, One of the biggest differences in the productivity uh, of these teams is going to be in the front seven, of course, which has proved to be pretty huge for both teams. So both teams are sitting at over 50 sacks on the season, New Orleans 51, and then Philly ended the year with 50, then got another. That also ended the year with 51, and then got three sacks versus the Bears uh, last weekend. Uh, of those 51 sacks in New Orleans, the Saints' defensive line has secured 38. That's any rotation of down linemen as opposed to linebackers or corners or safeties in the secondary. Uh, Philadelphia, much the same, 54 sacks on the season. 46 of them came against. I'm uh, so, sorry, 46 of them came by way of defensive linemen, including all three against Chicago. Uh, last Sunday. So even though their sacks are right around the same place, the Eagles have actually created much more pressure throughout the season than the uh, Saints have. According to Pro Football Focus, the Eagles have 392 pressures to New Orleans' 90, I'm sorry, 294. Both defenses, though, get sacks at roughly the same rate, right around 5% of defensive snaps. So we can look at those defensive lines and the secondary, I'm sorry, in the second level of linebackers to get involved. Uh, the Saints linebackers are going to be pretty busy trying to cover these tight ends in the two tight end sets. You've got a lot of Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz sets that they'll see. They did pretty well against that in week 11, uh, but we'll see, you know, again, the playoffs are different, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, now, the big thing is when it comes to turnover differential, and this is one of my biggest key factors when it comes to games, is how often do you give the ball away versus how often do you take the ball away? So the Saints are sitting right now with 24 takeaways on the year versus Philadelphia, who has 17. That's not a huge division. That's, uh, what, seven? That's seven. Yeah, that's uh, just seven seven takeaway difference, but that's 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 considerable. That's a considerable amount. It's not huge, but it's considerable. And the Saints give away the ball uh, at a lesser rate, uh, 16 times versus 23 for Philly. So almost those exact same numbers just flipped over on their head. So that's a plus eight turnover differential for New Orleans and a minus six turnover differential for the Eagles. Over the last three games, New Orleans has given the ball away 1.3 times per game, while Philly has given it away in even two times per game. So that's going to be pretty big for both of these teams. You've heard me talk already about the offensive line, the quarterbacks, the passing defense, the pass rush, and the run game. That's Those are kind of going to be my five keys to victory when I put that out later on uh, this week. Those are going to be my five big ones because you're going to want to be able to control the clock. You're going to want to be effective through the air, or you're going to want your defense to be able to keep the other team as ineffective as possible and try to neutralize as many threats. My thing is that the Saints have more threats at their disposal than Philadelphia does. Not that Philadelphia doesn't have any. They've got two incredible tight ends. They've got 
a really great band of wide receivers in Alshon Jeffrey, Golden Tate, and Nelson Aguilar, but I just don't see them being able to keep pace with the Saints. I, like I said, it's not going to be another 48-7 to blowout. I think it's going to be a much closer game, uh, but I don't see the Eagles pulling this one out. I'm still very confident in the Saints, and I'm still very confident that the Eagles secondary is going to be taken advantage of during this game. All right, so stick around because on the other side, we'll have a really quick segment, short segment on uh, coaching carousel, what's been going on with some coaching uh, moves around the league, couple of moves being made in the NFC South that you're going to want to know about. So stick around. It's coming up right here on Locked on Saints, your team every day. All right, welcome back, Houdat Nation. Time to talk about some coaching carousel news around the NFL. So this has been a very busy, busy coaching offseason, coaching carousel offseason already. Couple of big moves in the NFC South that I'm actually really excited about. One of my favorite coaches of all time, former Arizona Cardinals coach Bruce Arians, has been hired by the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So they fired Kirch, Coach, Coach, Coach Dirk Cutter, uh, Kirch Dirk Cutter. Uh, they fired Coach Dirk Cutter earlier this offseason. And really in just about a week, week and a half, uh, they replaced him with Bruce Arians. Big time upgrade for Tampa Bay. Uh, if you want to hear a little bit more about that, make sure you check out Locked on Bucks. Uh, they're going to be talking about that. They've been talking about it all week. They're very excited uh, for that big time uh, hiring uh, down in Tampa Bay, down in South Florida. So that's pretty big for them. So Bruce Arians is now the new head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. In mostly related news, uh, former Tampa Bay head coach Dirk Cutter has been hired by the uh, Atlanta Falcons to be their new, their new offensive coordinator down there. So uh, they moved on from Steve Sarkeesian pretty quick, had a lot of struggles in the red zone, a lot of struggles on third down, and then all of a sudden they were red hot in the red zone, and then they faded off in the red zone again. <laughs> and so they were just struggling a little bit throughout the season, a lot throughout the season. Uh, so they fired their offensive coordinator, and now they're bringing in coach Dirk Cutter uh, to be their new offensive coordinator. Well, I guess I shouldn't say new offensive coordinator. They're kind of reuniting. Uh, Dirk Cutter was the offensive coordinator in Atlanta from 2012 to 2014. They did a pretty great job with Matt Ryan during their time together. Matt Ryan averaged uh, 4,642.7 passing yards per those three for, for those years uh, that he coached over there, uh, 28.7 touchdowns in those seasons, 15 interceptions, and then had a pass rating of 94.1. Uh, and he also led the league in completion percentage in 2012, the first year that Dirk Cutter was there with him with a 68.6 uh, completion percentage. So uh, good job for Dirk Cutter. I mean, he went from being a head coach in Tampa Bay for a couple of years to going right back to his cushy gig as offensive coordinator with a uh, with a talented offense. This is an offense that, remember, led the league, uh, was one of the most explosive offenses in 2016. So we'll see what happens as the Atlanta Falcons are trying desperately to turn their production around from what happened uh, just this last year. Uh, let's see. In other coaching news, the Cardinals hired uh, Cliff Kingsbury, who was you know with USC. He was USC's offensive coordinator for like a hot month, maybe. Uh, and then you know he got hired away. There was some stuff going on between he and Lynn Swan over at USC. It's where he wanted to be able to interview with the Cardinals and the Jets. At first, Lynn Swan wouldn't allow him. Jay Glazer started tweeting out about how Cliff Kingsbury was going to resign from uh, from USC so that he could interview with those um, with with those teams, with those NFL teams and things. And it just, I guess, eventually Lynn Swan just broke down and then let him have, let him go out and interview. He let him go out and interview and he stuck around uh, in Arizona and he's now the new head coach at uh, Arizona 
for the Arizona Cardinals. He, of course, was the uh, head coach of Texas A&M as well as, oh, what was the other college team that he coached for? Uh, Texas Tech, rather. Sorry, not Texas A&M. Uh, he was at Texas Tech for a little while and spent some time with Patrick Mahomes. I think he only spent one year with Patrick Mahomes, though. So, uh, Dirk, I'm sorry, Cliff Kingsbury, now your new head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. As of right now, it looks like Pete Carmichael and Dan Campbell are safe. The Packers are hiring former offensive coordinator Matt LaFleur as their new head coach. That was uh, one of the teams that was really strongly considering uh, Dan Campbell in particular. Dan Campbell is still under consideration for a couple of teams, including the Browns, who have yet to choose their new head coach, uh, have now scheduled a second interview, though, with Kevin Stefanski, uh, who was uh, the Vikings offensive coordinator last season. So, all right, I think it's going to do it for me today. Uh, when we come back tomorrow, I'll continue to update on the crazy coaching carousel. We'll continue to talk about this Philadelphia Eagles game and everything. So, but first of all, as always, I just want to say thank you very much for coming through. Once again, I am Ross Jackson. You can find me here on Twitter at Ross Jackson ASC. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them. Tell all your friends, family, and fellow Saints fans about the podcast. Please take some time to review. These five-star reviews have been coming in recently, and they help a ton. Thank you so much for all of your love and all of your support with that. To find Locked on Saints, just tell your smart speakers to play podcast Locked on Saints. And of course, be sure to subscribe so you know when the newest episodes drop every Monday through Friday. Thank you so much for all your support and helping me grow this family. This has been Locked on Saints. And trust who that nation, I'll holla at you. Hey everyone, Jake Madison here, host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. Basketball season is upon us and big things are in store for the Pelicans after making the playoffs last year. Keep up with everything going on around Anthony Davis, Drew Holiday, and the rest of the team with the daily Locked On Pelicans podcast, wherever you get your podcast from.